What's up, podcast world? Welcome back to the On God's Time podcast. I got my brother Ethan Clouser with me here today. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Okay, good, good. Just making sure, dude. Um, I actually, Ethan and I, Ethan and I have never really met until this podcast episode, which is um, honestly is like one of my favorite things to do because I feel like I get to know someone like as I'm on the episode with them. But um, Ethan played basketball at Baptist Prep in Little Rock. Um, and he was an absolute stud, and he had a chance to go play college basketball, um, but chose not to, and chose to go into ministry, which is super cool. He's a fellow podcaster and TikToker. He's the host of the Gen Z Theology Podcast, and Ethan is using his platform to glorify Jesus uh, and make Jesus' name known. So, Ethan, if I missed anything, tell me a little bit about who you are and um, what God's been doing in your life, dude. Man, Caleb, first off, I'm honored to be on here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, my prayers that the Lord uses this conversation to bless so many people. Um, but I, I already feel blessed for being able to come on and, and kind of share some of the things that God has been teaching me. Um, I think that biography was great, dude. Um, been playing basketball my whole life. Basketball was such a vital um, part of literally every single thing that I did to the point where it became a breaking point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I found out Jesus was a lot better. So I All think right. you nailed it. Um, I love being able to use a platform, any platform that God has given me to proclaim the good news. But most importantly, just to um, teach the Bible is really mm-hmm. what I have a passion for. Um, have a strong heart for for helping people understand the story of the Bible and what God is trying to get across to his people. So. Dude, that's such a fact. Like I've, um, so I'm preaching this Sunday at my church where I'm recording this at, and randomly it got laid on my heart. It's Deuteronomy four two, I think, where Moses says, uh, "You shall not add or subtract to this word." Um, and you know, we know that the word says that um, God is going to accomplish His goal with His word. And it's so cool to me, like you said, like I've become so much more passionate about teaching the Bible and. The more I get to know the Bible, the more I realize, like, I know nothing. <laughs> and I've always got room to grow. So I love that you said that, dude. But let me, I got to ask you the question of the podcast. Um, when did you decide to stop living on your time and start living on God's time and why? Yeah. Um, I think that for me, one of the things that I've come to realize as I've grown in my faith Mm -hmm. is the reality that I've always been on God's time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the bigger question is when did I realize or better yet, when did I start submitting (laughs) to the fact that I was on God's time? Um, and for me, I, I grew up in the faith, man. I grew up in a Christian home where I was taught good doctrine. I was taught what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. I was, uh, I was a Christian verbally and outwardly. Um, but I would say the moment that I started to submit to living on to God's time didn't even come until I was about 17 years old. Um, and that was where there was this big transition for me because previously everything that I had, I had put my worth in and that I had idolized was basketball. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that was where I found validation. Um, that was where I found happiness, joy, sufficiency. And so um, I would put my everything and my all into that sport in order um, to really honestly magnify myself. Um, and then I would masquerade that by saying, Oh God, I'm doing this for your glory. I want to do this so that I can have a platform and show people how great you are. But the reality is, is under the surface, um, there was a lot more pride that was, that was coming in, um, into that sector of my life. And, um, that took me a long time to realize, bro. It took me, 
it took me, you know, over a decade um, to realize that, hey, this is something that I am putting my worth in and that is taking the place of, of Yahweh. Um, and so when I was 17 years old, there was that. It, what happened was over a long time, I was pursuing um, basketball and I was pursuing it with the intention of going to play collegiate sports, uh, going to play collegiate basketball. And um, as I was putting literally every single waking moment of free time that I had into being great at this thing, um, I realized that it never would satisfy me, that there was still this gaping hole in my heart that having grown up in the faith, I knew there was something greater, right? Like I knew that Christ was the only thing that would give me true peace and purpose. Um, but although there was a head knowledge, it never quite connected with a true belief system that permeated my entire being. Yeah. And so um, I'm sitting there, I remember having spent literally like my entire day in the gym and in the weight room trying to be great. And I've, I've done this for this entire summer. This is the summer leading up into my senior year of high school. And I remember, dude, I, I was just so burnt out yeah. of trying to make it happen my own way. And I remember after spending years of like trying to, to find worth in this sport that I finally got home one day after working out and just said, Lord, I'm so tired of this. I will do anything to make sure that I find you. I want to know you. I've heard people talk about who you are. I've heard people talk about how fulfill uh, how much you fulfill their life, but I've never experienced this. Um, I have to know you. I'll do anything. And from that point on, there was like a switch because I actually lived out this, this promise. Um, and for the remainder of that summer, dude, I started spending every single hour that I had that I previously spent on basketball. Um, and I started spending it with the Lord because I was so determined to know him. I was so determined to find this peace and this purpose that I had been missing my entire life. And through that process, after day in and day out of sitting with God, um, sitting in his word, listening to sermons, uh, just just out in the prayer closet, like little things like that. Over time, as I spent more time with God, I grew more in love with him yeah. and his beauty and his majesty and his holiness and his righteousness. They just started to just take over my entire essence, dude. And I was like a whole nother person. Um, I had complete purpose in life. I had complete peace, hope, joy, literally every single virtue that comes with somebody that's been regenerated. It started to take over, dude. And it was like, I never wanted to go back. So I, can, I continued to play basketball, but it was no longer idolatry. Yeah. Um, it was more of a, a thing that I did for fun in order to experience the goodness of, uh, of God's good earth, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the experience of uh, partaking in pleasures is like a beauty of being God's creation, an imager of God. And so um, like basketball became so much more fun to me because it was just a passion and a hobby. And then from there, I was like, I... I can't do anything other than just sit with you, God, and love your people. Um, and that was where the transformation took place. And then it, from there, it's just been nonstop. It's just been like ever since I got that glimpse and, and I got to taste what it was like to truly follow Jesus and to truly like lay my life down um, at his feet. Man, nothing's ever been the same. Like I've never wanted to go back to searching for things of this world. Never. Dude, I love that so much because I had a similar experience like that. Um, my first year in college and like you said like just building the habit and like building the habit of just spending time with the Lord will change your life forever dude like it's so hard um, 
it's hard to tell people about the word if you don't know the word and it's hard to teach the word if you don't know the word so that's i love that so much because for me um, i had an experience like that man like uh um the pastor at the college ministry that i went to 747 um, it's actually his birthday today and i said happy birthday like thank you for changing my life forever because i don't know if for you if you had like some kind of mentor or something but brother ever since i gave my everything to jesus my life has completely changed like now when i play basketball my entire worth and identity is not defined by like how well or good how good or bad that i play and Mm -hmm. yeah dude i think that's so big time just realizing that your identity is in so much more than a sport because man there's some people that don't realize that and they spend their entire life searching for fulfillment in places where they'll never find it and Mm -hmm. i i agree with you in the sense of like man i for a while i definitely was like yeah basketball is like who i am like if people said hey who's caleb oh he's the kid from batesville that uh he's a great basketball player Uh, he's a he's a hooper he's this he's that and now um i've made it my goal i don't want people to say caleb's a basketball player i want people to say caleb loves jesus and he loves people really well so i know that now like you're on that journey like you're going um into ministry so like what made you like what made you want to go into full-time ministry obviously like you know that the experience of sitting down with god and being like wow god like i'm giving you everything but was there like a moment where it was like hey i want to go into ministry and i want to teach the bible to people yeah um dude the short answer is that it's the only thing that made me happy <laughs> like like the way that my worldview is, the way that uh, I guess you could say my mind operates, mm-hmm. and I believe it's a gift, um, is that I, I view the world in a sense that like nothing else outside of that which impacts eternity has any value oh, at all. Yes. Um, yes. And so, Preach. what I want my life to be, what I want my life to consist of, um, is what what Jesus says the two greatest commands are, right? Is I want to love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want to love my neighbor as myself. And out of all the vocations in the world that I could think of, um, that was the one that did those the most and did those the best. And please don't like, I I understand that there's a whole array of vocations that do that. Great. But for me, this was the one where I was like, as I'm studying the Bible and as I'm spending time with God, I want to, I said to myself, how can I do this my entire life? Pay yeah. or not? I, honestly, I don't care. Um, but how can I do this my entire life all throughout my day? Because mm-hmm. w- this is the only way that I feel fulfillment mm-hmm. is loving God's people and, and shepherding them and, and showing them the word of God. And then on top of that, I think uh, combined was the fact that, that I think the Lord has given me a gift um, to just be an absolute nerd. Like, there's a, like everybody has different gifts that the Lord yeah. has given them, um, different passions, things that they, they enjoy. But one of the things that God, when he knit me together in my mother's womb, mm-hmm. that he said for Ethan Clouser, so that he's going to be an absolute Bible nerd. Because I geek out over this stuff, dude. Like, I read the Bible, but I don't just read it in English. Like, yeah. I have to read it in, in all the other languages. And then I have to read it in, like, you know, like, read all these commentaries from mm-hmm. the 16th century. And then I have to read all these, like, that's just the way that my, that my brain works. And I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Because it gives me a greater understanding of who God is. And 
then it gives me a greater ability to convey that to other people. And so when I realized that the thing that makes me most happy is when I get to sit with God and then, and then um, sit with other people and show them the love of Jesus, I said, I want to spend all day doing this. And, you know, by default, that means vocational ministry, right? And so, um, yeah, I, I, I have a corporate job right now um, because I, I don't have like an ability to provide for my family right now. In <laughs> um, but well, let me tell you, it is miserable, bro. Like yeah. I do marketing remotely and um, it sucks because I feel like I'm having a really hard time trying to understand how I can do that well. Um, while partaking in those two greatest commandments, right. right? To love the Lord and to love others. Because when I work a remote marketing job, I'm not interacting with people mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out how to interact with the Lord during those moments. So it's a process that I'm going through right now. But dude, how much more would I just love to like sit there and, and study the Bible and preach and like mm-hmm. have one-on-one with people and talk about the, the things of the Lord. Um, but he has me in that, in this place right now for a reason and he's teaching me something, but it is not ideal for me, dude. And it's, and it's giving me a greater understanding of like why I want to do full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Cause everything else to me is just like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. I swear it ever since. Yeah. Ever since I really gave my life to the Lord, I'm just like, I mean, like, okay, I believe I gave my life to the Lord when I was nine years old. I really do. But I've said this before. I don't think I submitted to his lordship until I was like 19. Like I heard somebody, I worked in FCA camp in Colorado and I heard somebody say that. But dude, I'm on the same boat as you, man. Uh, do you know who Jonathan Pocluda is? No. Well he's, a, well, he's a pastor in Texas. And I heard him recently, I was listening to his podcast. It's called uh, Becoming Something. And he talked about how he had the same feelings and he wanted to be, I guess you'd call it a professional Christian. Like he wanted to mm-hmm. like make that like his job, but he worked in a corporation and he was like so discouraged sometimes because like he wanted to share the gospel with people like all the time. Um, and I think he did marketing or something for like a bank or I don't know, like I don't know what he did, but he was just like, man, like, I want to share the gospel with these people like all the time. And he struggled with that. And he basically said that he had to do that before he could go do ministry so that he could know how to effectively talk to people that are in those kind of jobs every single day. So mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, I think it's good to like, you know, go out into certain places and, and be in positions where we're uncomfortable. So we grow our faith in a different way because man, I definitely, I think I ran from it for a while, but I want to do some form of ministry. Like I want to, um, whether that's, you know, working for FCA, um, or, you know, playing basketball and doing mission work. Like, you know, I know that I, I want to do something where I can talk about Jesus all the time because it makes me happy yeah. to talk about Jesus. Like I love Jesus. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So I, dude, I'm with you, man. I just want to talk about Jesus all the time and it's encouraging whenever you can, you know, just, Talk about what's on your mind. And like, I I feel like if you're really walking with Jesus, like he's going to be on your mind every second of every day. Like, I know that sounds extreme to some people, but it's a fact. Like if I am really walking with the Lord, I'm spending time in my word every day, praying in good community, dude. Like I woke up this morning and I was like, yay, podcast Jesus. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
But dude, I know that, you know, I, I heard recently um, from a buddy I was doing a podcast with, he said, if you run full speed after God, you'll run into the career you're supposed to have, you'll run into the wife you're supposed to have, you'll run into this or that. And so I know you recently got married, so tell me like how you and your wife actually met. And you seem to love her a lot, so I know you're probably excited to tell that story. Um, yeah. And then, um, like, do you have any pieces of like dating advice for like younger believers who, you know, maybe want to pursue the Lord together, um, and just a good way to do that? Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk about it because it's an awesome, it's a hilarious story, <laughs> honestly. And, like that, man. <laughs> um, so about how long ago was it? Man, we got married quick. Like really quick. So um, in October, I went out to do a, it was called a DTS, a discipleship training school mm-hmm. with an organization called Circuit Riders. And basically the format was for three months, um, you are supposed to be trained in a school life setting um, to share the gospel and to, you know, read the Bible and just, you do life in community basically mm-hmm. um, while doing those things. And so I just went out on the leap of faith um, moved out to Huntington Beach, California, and um, my wife, her name is Paige, she also decided to do that, except for, well, I came from Little Rock, Arkansas, and she came from Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and so um, we met there at the school. It was about 14 days into the school before we even, uh, you know, had met each other, because it was probably, I would say there's probably like 300 people there, oh, wow. um, and so it was a it was a pretty large school and we were just all living in the city and going to classes together and stuff. Um, but about two weeks in, I had seen through somebody's tag or something on Instagram that she was in our DTS. And uh, I was like, oh, there's this girl. She's cool. She's pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll follow her. And she followed me back. And then, you know, like the same classic story of the 21st century, like right? how everyone falls in love. Um, but I saw her the next day in one of our sessions and I did not want to be that super weird guy that just follows a girl on Instagram and then sees her in person and like never talks to her. And so I mustered the courage. I'm like, I have to say something. And so I walk up to her and, um, we start talking and I kid you not, Caleb, about two minutes in, she just straight up turns around in the middle of my sentence and she just walks away. And I'm like, I was so confused and I was so hurt. Now, here's what I'll say is she doesn't think this happened. We we still talk about this to this day. I, I remember it because it was very hard. It, it broke oh, my heart. Oh, sure. Yeah, it hurt. <laughs> but, but, but she says it doesn't happen. She didn't remember it. But anyways, it took me about a week to recover from that. And then after I did, uh, we were in another class sitting there. Um, or, or we were, it was about to start and I saw her sitting and she was all by herself. Um, and so I wanted to sit next to her, um, but I also didn't want to sit right next to her. Right. And so I walk up to her and I like sit the second seat over. So there's a big gap. Cause I didn't want to like, that's weird. You know, yeah. I just go up and sit next to this girl. I don't know. Um, and so with a little space in between, we just started to conversate. We just started to talk about books it was kind of our first point of interest. Um, she loved reading. I loved reading. And so we talked about that for a little bit. And then, um, as the class resumed, they had a little, many small groups and they said get in a small group the people that you're sitting next to and then from there that was just divine intervention right because in that small group they asked us to basically write out our philosophy of life which is like 
I mean, seriously, <laughs> like how deep can you get? Right. And so I wrote out my philosophy of life and they had a shared in the group. And I think she was kind of attracted to it. I will yeah, say. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so from there we just became friends like right after like you want to hang out and it's like okay let's do it and we just started hanging out so over the next two and a half months while we were there uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the lord um we spent a lot of time getting to know each other and we decided we wanted to date which is which uh, i'll save that actually for the end for the dating advice okay so we decided we wanted to date um and then from there I, in my head, I was like, this woman's amazing. This woman's perfect. She fears the Lord like nobody I've ever met. And she's incredible. We get along. We're best friends. Why would I wait? Right? I guess the phrase that I kept going through in my mind was, there's no other woman in the world that I would rather lay my life down for. And so that was all I needed. Honestly, I wasn't much for like trying to figure out if she was my soulmate or the right fit or all these secularist terms. Um, For me, it was more just like, Okay, the call of marriage is to lay down your life. Um, Ephesians 5, right? Yeah. Like, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave him up himself up to her to yeah. make her holy. Um, and so that was, for me, enough. Um, and so I was like, I was like, let's get married. <laughs> and uh, it took her a little bit to get on board. But we got married. Dude, our wedding was like eight months after we met. Wow. And <laughs> like it was super quick, but I don't regret it at all. It was beautiful. Um, our marriage is like, it's, it's incredible, dude. It's so great. It's so difficult and it's hard because what I'm having to learn is um, I'm first learning a whole lot about myself and I'm learning uh, about how selfish and prideful I am, which is like something you don't really recognize when you're single. At least I didn't. Um, but when I'm literally like I'm living with somebody 24 seven and doing life with them and having to learn how to compromise those two, like how to intermingle both of those lives through compromise. Um, I realize a whole lot more how much I just want my way. Um, and that's one of the things that, that is so great about it is it's like the ultimate form of sanctification. Um, and so anyways, yeah, that was kind of how we met as far as dating advice goes. Um, I, I'll share with you the, probably the best piece of dating advice I ever got, um, which was to stop looking. Um, because the number one, like in order to, to have a successful relationship, um, you really have to be content being single, right? Mm, if you're not content yeah. being single, you won't be content in a relationship. Um, cause a lot of people think that if they can just get in a relationship, it'll cure their sense of loneliness or their, or, or the fact that they're, um, kind of just not feeling intimacy there. Um, but what you first have to do is, is learn how to be alone and learn how to be okay with that. Um, and also understanding that marriage and relationship or not relationship, but marriage, um, the construct of marriage is, is not necessary, right? Like in our culture, we idolize it so much through media or through um, like just just our culture at large through verbiage and the way that we talk, right? Like we idolize it on such a level um, where we think that it's the end all be all and it's not, man. Jesus did not give that picture. One, through the way that he lived his life, right? Because to say that without marriage, we are somehow less or we are somehow unable to have a full life would be to say that Jesus somehow didn't have a full life. And then if wow. you just read the epistle, right, like just read first Corinthians, and you'll see what Paul has to say about these type of things. Right. Um, and so that's the first thing I would say is just like understand that, the, that marriage is not something that's worth idolizing like our culture does. Um, 
but also understand that it's so great and it's so beautiful. That's something God has called you to. So first make sure that you're okay being single um, and stop looking because the moment you stop looking, at least for me, dude, I, I was not looking to get married and I was not looking to even be in a relationship. You can ask my wife. It's so funny. She makes, she laughs at it all the time now. But when we met, I was 100% bent on celibacy and chastity for the into, like the entirety of my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to remain single. I was like straight up die hard. I'm going to live in a monastery and be single my entire life because I wanted to go into vocational ministry. But I was like, I was so bent on 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul's like going so hard on like, oh, uh, you know, that if you get married, you're going to have many troubles in this life. Right. And I want to spare you from that. And he who has a wife, now his interests are divided and he has to focus on how to please his wife, right? Rather than how to please the Lord. And I'm like, I'm going hard. I'm being single, though, celibate the rest of my life. And um, I'm going to be happy doing it. And God just had different plans for me, man. Because with that mindset uh, intact was when I became friends with Paige. And uh, from there, I... Uh, <laughs> you'll just say I don't hold those beliefs anymore oh, yeah. uh, for myself. So, um, so yeah, I would just say totally learn how to be content and stop looking in the Lord. Um, whenever it's, it's time, um, we'll throw a beautiful spouse in your way. Um, and so, yeah, that's my two cents on it. That is a word because it's funny. Um, you're convicting me during this podcast because I'm guilty. I'm guilty of uh, looking. Like I'm guilty of being like, where's she at? (laughs) And it's funny, like my friends have actually encouraged me before. Like I've been kind of discouraged um, just about, about, like now I'll tell you like right right now, currently dude, I am super content in my singleness. Like I've been loving ministry. I've been loving basketball. I've been loving like just where I'm at in my life and God has been so good. I've been like, I mean, obviously, if my wife walked in the door, I'd be happy. But at the same time, I'm, I'm happy right now. And it's like, like you said, you've got to be content in your singleness. And, but my friends have um, told me before, like, it's so funny. They've been like, Caleb, what's the name of your podcast, bro? And I'm like, um, the On God's Time podcast. And they're like, bro, it's On God's Time, not yours. On God's Time. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, I would say uh, anyone listening that is single, um, dude, I, I, I definitely feel like there are people who they say, um, I'm not going to be a whole person till I'm with someone else. Like, okay. When other people say like my other half. Now I know people like you and me who are really deep in our faith. We probably think of things on a deeper level than a lot of people. But like when people say like my other half, I'm like, "Mm, I mean, you're supposed to be, I, okay. It's like, I've always thought about it like this. I'm 100%. Um, I'm a 100% human being. I love the Lord and they are 100%, you know, loving the Lord and we come together to make it a hundred percent. Like, yeah. you know, a hundred percent times a hundred percent is a hundred percent. And I've always thought about it that way because like, you know, um, the Greek word agape is the, the most unconditional form of love. And it says to choose the best, inter- I, the best definition I've heard of it is to choose the best interest of another person and act on their behalf. And yeah, man, I've, I'll tell you this. I have learned in my singleness, like, I don't know how long you were single before you met your wife, but dude, the amount of like, I've been single for two and a half years now. And brother, the amount of growth that I've been able to have is absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like 
two, two, two and a half years ago, I didn't know the Bible. I knew Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I knew that Acts was the, act of the apostles. I knew Paul wrote a couple letters. Didn't really know what they were about. Um, I knew Genesis was the first book of the Bible. I, did, I had no idea what Numbers or Deuteronomy or Joshua or right. First Chronicles or Second Chronicles or First Samuel or Second Samuel or Ruth or Jeremiah or Lamentation. I'm just naming them all. Like, but like, I, I didn't know what those were. And then now right. it's like I have so much more biblical knowledge because in my singleness, I've been like, okay, God, I'm going to spend this time devoting myself to you. Like I read a book called Single Dating Engaged Married by Ben Stewart. And he just, mm. have you read that? Yeah, I've read it. I was actually just about to recommend it. That's you said that. Yeah, dude. Right? Yeah. But he said singleness, I'll never forget him saying this. It's like last year when I read it. He said singleness is a time of pure devotion to the Lord. And mm-hmm. like when I read that, I was like, like I do wake up sometimes like, oh my gosh, like I have so much like opportunity to grow right now because you had the opportunity to go to that Bible school and, you know, just to sit down and grow with the Lord. Now you're a better husband. Like, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, man, I think it's so important in your singleness to, um, to give yeah. the Lord. And, good. And I'll, I'll, cause I touched way more. Like I was like, Hey, you know, if you're single, this is, this is some pieces of advice that I'd give, but also, um, to talk about for people that are already in a relationship, yeah. any advice would, um, the first thing I would say was just, is treat them as like, well, first read the Bible, mm-hmm. just read the Bible. Um, because often, you know, you hear people say things like, oh, the Bible doesn't talk about dating. The Bible doesn't give any instructions for dating or relationships, but the reality is that it does. Mm-hmm. It gives it gives instruction on people and how to handle relationships with people. And when you're dating, that's exactly what it is. Right. And so little tiny things, little principles like submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm. Right. Like if you're a woman in a relationship, submit. And if you're a man in a relationship, submit, right? Mm. The word submit means to put oneself under. And this is the practice of the Christian life, right? Is like as humans, we are supposed to, in all of our relationships, put ourselves under each and every person. And so when you're in a dating relationship, we don't want to throw out the principles of what God has commanded us to be like with other humans in relationship with them. We don't want to throw that out because we put another title on it, yeah. right? And so to have a good dating relationship means to still follow biblical practices of like submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, like considering the other person more valuable than yourself, like putting each other's interest above your own, like you know, love it, like loving, um, as you would want to be treated, right? Like all of these things that we find that are Christian virtues, we still want to apply these to relationships. Cause I think that, that oftentimes we talk about relationships in a manner where it's all about us because we put a title of dating mm, around it. Wow. And so dating now has way more to do with the fact that like, Oh, I'm, it, I'm supposed to like look out for myself and look out for my own needs or blah, 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 blah. Right. Because it's not yet marriage in which there's elements of truth to that. Right. Because there's a separation from a covenant and a non-covenantal relationship, but also let's not, let's not reject and neglect the fact that we are still commanded to treat that person we're in relationship with, with the same the same principles that were commanded with to throughout the entire Bible. It's such a word because I do think that uh, a lot of people are guilty of, and, and I think that's why it's important to be content because 
you know, if you're not, then you are going to be looking to someone to fulfill you. And it's all, it's going to be all about you. And I remember there was a time recently where I actually kind of sat down and and paused and, and I told myself, I said, okay, what actually is love biblically? And I just, I kind of got obsessed with, you know, first Corinthians says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not boast. It does not envy. Um, you know, Philippians says um, to put you like others' interests before your own, and like just reading all this, um, I, I just realized I'm like, love is so much greater than anything that you could try to make for yourself. Like that's what mm-hmm. we realize whenever we put others before ourselves, that actually benefits ourselves. Like it's mm-hmm. better for us and it fulfills us. Like. Dude, I mean, I mean, we saw in the Garden of Eden whenever um, Eve first ate the apple, or well, I, we don't know what, if it was an apple or not, but when she first ate like the fruit, it was like that brought sin into the world, and we realized from that point on, like everything was just about us. It, like, dude, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, my dad gave me a book when I was 19 years old called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, and I don't know if you've read it. But it's the very first sentence of this book said, it's not about you. And that changed my life forever. And it made me realize that I wanted to spend the rest of my life telling people about Jesus and dedicating my life to knowing the word and loving people the way he did and bringing faith, hope, and love to people who need it in their darkest hour of need. And I just realized that it is not about me and that loving people has absolutely nothing to do with what I get out of it. It's actually like, that's why um, the Bible says that those who are first will be last and those who are last will be first. Like, I didn't understand that for so long. Um, but I actually realized that whenever you put others before yourself, you're the one you're the one being blessed because you get to see what it's like to serve people and to see their life transformed. And that's so much more than anything you could ever get for yourself. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. That's really good. And, man... I don't know, dude, ever since I've just made little habits, like reading my word, praying, being intentional about like my relationships, like I just feel like I've seen life so much differently. And it's such a bigger like blessing to me. Um, and so I would say that like what, you know, for you, like obviously um, I'm a big habits person. I'm very big on what kind of habits am I building every day? like. I like to say, like, let's stack godly decisions. So what is, like, some habits or some things that you've done that have helped you in your walk and helped you grow with Christ every day? Yeah. Well, the first thing is early on, like I said, kind of when I made the switch of putting my all, in, especially in my time, right? Like, what you give your time to is is what you value the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so specifically when I would give my time to basketball and then I made that transfer to giving my time to the Lord or the word of God or prayer or whatever it was, um, that was kind of the first step for me because what, it's, what it did was it positioned me um, in a posture of, of God, you're, you're, su- you're supreme in my life. Like you hold supremacy. Um, and so I would say practices would be spiritual disciplines, um, such as one just like giving him all of your time, um, the things that um, the in-between periods where, where you have a decision to say, okay, 
hey, well, I want to use this as an opportunity to grow and sit with God uh, or, or sit in his word? Um, or do I want to use this as a time um, to do something else, anything else, really? Um, and I think early on, it was really important for me to make the former uh, decision um, to say, hey, I'm going to use this time to sit with you, God, so that yeah. I could start to cultivate, um, a, uh, like Paul talks about in Romans 12, right, a transforming of my mind. Yeah. Um, and that's something that has to take place through practice is is a transforming of your mind, a renewal there. Um, and what that looks like is surrounding yourself, one, with people, um, that will push you and, and that you can talk about God with and that can hold you accountable. Community is the most vital part of the Christian faith, of Christian growth. Um, surround yourself with believers that will push you into becoming more like Christ and, and, and becoming more um, into, Im- into his image. Um, but also surround yourself um, in, your, in your habits and in your hobbies with things that will edify you. And definitely with things that will not tear you down because your mind is the control center of everything that you do and think. And so if I'm going to be somebody that, that follows Jesus well and that lives out the gospel well in my life, I'm going to be have to, I'm going to have to be somebody that takes control of my thoughts and controls what comes in. Right. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks right in Greek Mm -hmm. thinking, um, the heart was the brain, essentially. The heart was everything that you took in and everything that you believed about life. And so for us in our modern context, what that looks like is filling my mind and my thoughts with things that are of Christ, whether that be through the Bible, whether that be through through Christian books, whether that be through a sermon, a podcast like this, right? Like making sure that you're filling your mind with so many godly things, because what? let me tell you this, this world is trying to counteract that so hard, Caleb. Like this world is trying to do every single thing that it can to to push into your brain um, godly so that it can reform your mind into things that are contrary to the gospel. And so you have to combat, combat that, right? So if I'm consuming a media for five hours a day, right, on social media, at school, um, in my own hobbies, right? If I'm just listening to trash and taking in a lot of secular things, right? If it's five hours worth of my day, yet I only spend an hour a day in quiet time and in prayer with the Lord, we have a deep imbalance here. And so what's going to happen is my mind is going to start to be altered in a way that I'm going to start to think like a pagan (laughs) rather than think like a Christian. And so we have to be disciplined enough to say, let me take, let me like discipline myself enough to reroute, like reroute my brain um, to think with the mind of Christ. Um, and that's the first thing. But practical ways to do that, and this is what I think one of the most important spiritual disciplines is for a follower of Jesus, is what's called silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, another word for it is the daily office. Basically, it's a practice that's been, that's been um, practiced by Christians for, for millennia. Um, and what it, what it is, is is taking time in the busyness of our life um, to, to step away, um, to find a place where we can be alone. We see this in the practice of Jesus throughout the Gospels, that he's oftentimes finding 
um, finding solitude, finding uh, a time and a place to get away, whether that be on a mountain, whether it just be out in the wilderness, whether, but whatever it is, right? Like he made it a deep priority to be alone, right? Cause in the busyness of our everyday life where we're constantly surrounded by thoughts and media and where the currency of our modern day is our time and is our attention, we have to be so intentional about separating ourselves from that. Otherwise our mind will constantly be filled and be going with things that will will not allow my soul to be at rest, right? And so so rest is something that I must work for in Christ, right? Because it's the paradox of the fact that we're told that we should make every effort to enter into the rest of Christ. But also I'm told that if any of us are, are weary or heavy burdened, that I should come to Jesus and he will give me rest. Mm-hmm. So there's the tension between the fact that I need to labor to enter into it and that when I get there, he's going to provide me with an overwhelming peace um, that comes from that. And so in, my, in our everyday lives, um, most people listening to this probably feel like they have no free time. They probably feel like they're so hurried, like they're so um, just overwhelmed with life's rhythm. Um but the practice of, of Jesus and the practice of a lot of the saints afterwards um, was to discipline ourselves enough to get away and be alone so that we can find rest for our soul, so that we can listen for God's voice, and so that we can find him in that place. Um, and then I would also say, combined with that, is Sabbath. Um, Sabbath yeah. is a practice that we collected so much, man, um, but it's so needed for our souls. It's so needed for us to be the fullness of what God has designed us to be, right? It's the famous line in Jesus uh, that he, when he says um, that man was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created right. for man. Um, we, we were designed um, we were designed in a way where we can't go all the time. We can't be going 24-7. We need to find rest in God. So God modeled this for us in the creation narrative. And so we as Christians should partake in this, not out of obligation, but more so out of trust. Trust that this is what's best for us. And then on a practical level, this looks like stepping away from your phone, right? The reality is, is that I would assume every single person listening to this is chronically addicted to their iPhone. Yeah. Um, and, and so taking a day to like put that away, taking a day to, to not work, taking a day to give your physical body and your mental body a rest, right? Like this is a day that can be full of community, enjoying mm-hmm. meals together with your loved ones and your family, a day that's full of ridding yourself from, from, um, like I was saying, the monetiza- monetization of your attention um, via, you know, the internet and via all different sales routes, right? Like just a time to get away and practice that silence and solitude. Um, and so it can be one of the most heavily positive, influential things in the Christian's life um, to just take a day to rest and be with God and abide with God. Um, Brother Lawrence, I talk about this so often. If you listen to any of my podcasts, he has a book called Practicing the Presence of God. Um, Fabulous. It's more like a pamphlet. It's a short little uh, collection of writings. And he talks about this practice and he calls it a practice because it's exactly what it is in the same way that I, if I want to be a good basketball player and I want to be a good shooter, I got to go practice hundreds and hundreds of shots. I still have to practice being in the presence of God because one, I'm I'm already in the presence of God. That's not what he means. But what he means more so is fixing my mind and understanding that always in the midst of my day, 
um, I am with God and he is with me. And so it's like getting yourself into that posture of, um, of abiding with him, right? In John 15, when Jesus talks about, you know, that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Yeah. Um, and I think that ultimately as a Christian, as an apprentice of Jesus, what we're trying to get after is bearing fruit. Right. What we're trying to get after is being sanctified and conformed into the image of Jesus. And what that looks like is it comes through abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Right. And any in any branch that, you know, remains in him and doesn't bear fruit. What's he going to do? He's going to prune it. Right. And so um, that's what we want. Um, we want to know God better um, through abiding and existing with him. You I've had. OK, I've been doing this thing for two years I'm not trying to gas you up, but you probably do the best job I've seen of anyone of putting things in theological terms, but also making it where people can understand. I feel like everyone who just listened to that can actually go apply it to their life. Like you didn't use any fancy words. You didn't uh, use anything that even someone who's not a believer, I feel like they could understand what you just said. So it is so obvious that you're abiding in him, brother. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, one thing I've come, come to realize in my life is that I literally, like you said, I can do nothing good outside of Jesus. Like John fourteen six says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think that's John fourteen six. I hope not. Uh, but... Um, for me personally, like, dude, ever since I've spent time with Jesus, like you said, and I've really built those godly habits, it just it just happens in your life. Like, you don't, like, you bear the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? You don't, you, like, I don't have to try and love people. I just do. Like, when you abide in Jesus, it just happens. Like, you don't have to, like, make this big attempt to have a gospel conversation just happens. Like whenever you're abiding in Him. Now obviously we do have to take a leap of faith because it's really, really scary sometimes to go up to someone in the gym and be like, hey, have you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like that's hard. But man, whenever we're abiding in Him and whenever we're giving Him our time and we're giving Him our love and affection, it is so crazy like what's gonna happen with that and how much your life is gonna be blessed. So dude, thank you for just putting it in terms where people can understand. Like, I think you did a really amazing job of that, um, talking about godly habits and um, just talking about your life. And I am uh, I'm glad that you were able to come on the podcast. And I think that it's been really fun. And like I said, you're probably the most knowledgeable person I've had on, the most knowledgeable young person I've had on this podcast. So I hope Dude. that you take that Thank compliment you. and run with it and gas yourself up in a holy way. <laughs> no, I don't need it. I don't need it, dude. The Lord's trying to show me humility. I appreciate you saying that so much. Though. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, for sure. Well, Ethan, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Um, thank you for giving us your knowledge and your heart. And um, I don't know if you want to look at everyone and be like, all right, see you. Hey, see you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, just make sure you're living on God's time. I'm sorry, living on God's time. All right, see you guys.